0: We always forget what we're talking about. Must be the wine. I will earn that money back and destroy him. Dude, if your internet's gonna be boo-boo this entire time, I'm gonna be mad.
1: Howdy, and welcome to the Laptop Empire Show. Bobby here. Not, I'm not Bobby. He's Bobby. Bobby's here with me. I'm Mike. We're doing the show. I'm the
0: podcast.
1: Why am I the podcast host? Because I am (laughs) god awful at this. Um, (laughs) So here we are, recording, doing our thing. Today we're talking about a book that I haven't read. This is going well, man. Did you sleep last night? Are you okay? I did not. I'm so tired. So no, we're talking about a book, Company of One, Paul Jarvis. Yes, I have not read it, but Bobby has. Yes. I'm pretty sure is the first
0: book you've read since we started <laughs> working together almost. This here. is the first book I've ever read in my life. <laughs> um,
1: no, so, yeah. Well, Bobby is not a book reader. He's a thing doer. And, yeah. But he's that read this one and he wants to talk about it. And I can talk on the subject. So we're
0: doing It's a good this. subject. Yeah. Okay. So basically I don't read, I don't read business books typically ever. Because that's all I do all day is business. You know, it's like why do why do I want to sit there and read right. more books about business and then Like, why so do we, I want to learn things? Why do I want to learn new stuff? No, I learned. Okay, here's the deal. Here's, here's the deal. Because <laughs> we were actually going to do a whole, we were going to do a whole podcast, I think, on books versus mentors. And like, I built all of my stuff out, like, as far as business and everything I learned about business, just through like talking to people. Like, that's how I learned best. Right. Typically, like reading a book, like I don't have the attention span for it. So, and I know that people are going to be like, "Oh, you're, you know, what an idiot," and I'd be like, "Well, whatever. I don't care." I've been successful without reading books all the time. So the, the thing is though, like I got to this point in the business very recently where laptop empires is doing really well. Millennial money, man is doing okay comparatively. But like the thing is that I hadn't really grown it. I didn't really know what to do with it. Laptop empires blew up so fast. I mean, it was like, I was thinking about it the other day. It's just like zero to 14 months. We, we did our first seven figures, which is stupid. Like that is a stupid, 13. stupid number 13 months. Sorry. Which is <laughs> like, no, you know, it's like, And that sounds super cool. And it was super cool. And like, I'm very grateful and all of that, but it was also like really stressful because we tried to do way too much crap. And it was like, yeah. So anyway, and so then I had millennial money man sitting there and I was like, okay, I need to reinvest back into this, build it back up, like get it to what I want it to be. And I didn't know the best way to do that. And so I kept asking people and I was just talking to like, I was trying to get as many opinions. I was talking to Mike a ton about it. Like, Hey, how do you think I should do this? How should I scale it? How should I grow it? All that stuff like should I bring on more employees? should I do I, I was like all over the place
1: right
0: and it happened to line up like this all was happening right before I went to a mastermind event in San Diego a couple weeks ago and so that was cool. I got a lot of clarity out of that but I think the, the biggest thing that happened was uh, Robert Farrington from the college investor.com sent me a book like I was asking him some questions about how he built his business He run, like his his blog, is crushing it. I don't think he wants me to like share numbers or anything like that right now, but like that dude is like, he's making it happen big time, but he's doing it in a way that's like very, very lean. He doesn't have any employees. He doesn't like, he doesn't even run Facebook ads. Like he doesn't even have the pixel on his side anymore. I don't think <laughs> he's just like, like he's, he's trying to do like the most efficient business possible that fits his lifestyle. So he was kind of talking to me about that And we were having conversations about like having people do contract work versus being, you know, full-time employed and and differences and pros and cons and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, man, there's really no like one way to do this, but he's like, I'm going to send you this book. And he's like, what's your address? And so he sent me this, this book company of one uh, by Paul Jarvis. Why staying small is the next big thing for business. Right? So this Paul Jarvis guy is like a He's like basically a freelance, he's like a freelance web developer, or at least he used to do that. And now he sells info products. And the whole premise of the book is like, it goes through at least the first half of the book is like going through all of these giant businesses that scaled way too fast and failed. (laughs) So, and and just kind of the whole, the whole point of it. And I think what we're about to talk about is like debunking kind of the myth that, you have to scale your business as much as possible and make it as big as possible to be successful. Like there's that stigma in business. Like if you're not growing like crazy, then you're, you must not be like, you know, good at growing a business. So that's kind of the whole thing. Like his whole premise is you should be building the business to fit your lifestyle versus building the business to look cool for other people. So you can say how big you, you grew the business or like, so you can just become like insanely wealthy, you know, and just have all this all this money and all this stuff. But then at the same time, like you don't, you never see your kids, like you never see your family, right. you, you sacrifice your whole life to grow the business. So I think it's a really common thing that a lot of business owners struggle with. And I think the online business space is interesting because you can actually go either way. Like you can stay small or you can scale big, but I think a lot of people choose to try to scale big for whatever reason. So that's what we're talking about today.
1: Well, And there's like two different sides to this. Like there's the money side, right? And then there's kind of like the business complexity and the team size and all of those kinds of things. And so you can actually even get to where you've got this very high profit business with a very small team, you know, or you can have a big team, you know? And so that's, that's a balance. And you have to go through we're big believers in bringing people in when like, if you don't know how to do something, hire someone to do it, or, you know, having an assistant or somebody that can take things off of your plate. But at the same time, the reason that so many of these businesses they blow up and then they fail or they have to backtrack, right. is because they hire too many people. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you're making all this money. You think, okay, I can just go and and spend it on, you know, bring someone to do this and do that and all these different things. And it ends up being your overhead starts to grow too quickly. And that's a big thing. And this is something Bobby and I talk about all the time is like, okay, cool. You have money coming in, but if your overhead grows too much, like it's harder, it gets harder and harder to outgrow that, you know, and yeah. it's not saying you can, I mean, that's one thing like with our business is like, we look at it and go, okay, you know, you want to build and you know, and you think about like, where's this going to go in a few years and you can see like where it's going, but at the same time, like you gotta, you gotta get there, you know, like, so that's like for us. We've got a, a course that, you know, we've got courses that work well. We've got funnels, we've got systems and things that work well. We have sales coming in all the time, but like our traffic is still not very high, right? Because it's a new business. We're still building our Google traffic. We're still building all these kind of things, right? And so it's one of those things that we can go, okay, cool. When this site is getting a half a million views per month, where's this going to be? Because the funnel's already there. You yeah. know, it's going to be insane. We know that, but at the same time, it's not there right? And, yeah. and it's not as easy as to just go go out and, you know, we're big believers in paid traffic, but it's not as easy as just going out and spending a dollar to make $10. Right. So you can't go and just like blow up your overhead to the point where you can't handle it or you get ahead of yourself. So I, I think this is a really interesting concept. And you said like, I would just read this book and just nod my head and just be like, <laughs> yeah, okay, I, I agree. But you know, I haven't read it, but there's a lot of things and concepts that I already believe and, and, And that sort of thing. So it's really interesting, you know, this whole employees versus contractors, how many people you should have on your team, how much you should work, how much you should actually even earn, like all, all really, really interesting. So where do you want to take it?
0: Well, I think maybe we should start on like the business goal side of it and then go to like the business structure side. So like the business goal part of it and kind of what he, what he talks about in the book is like determining what's enough. Right, like, right. That's I think that's one of the the issues that a lot of business owners, you know, especially like I feel like in the personal finance, enough. yeah, it's mm-hmm. never enough, and it's weird how that happens. And it and it's kind of like you know you can hit whatever milestone. Let's say you hit six figures a year. Like there are plenty of people. I, like I know so many people that like their life goal and life dream is to, like hit six figures a year by whatever age, right? And then like when I talk to people about this, and I it's this is always a hard thing to talk about because it's it's hard to come across as like relatable when you're talking about these things, but it's like when you hit six figures a year, it's awesome, but it wears off like really quickly. And then you're already looking at like the next milestone and you like, or devalu-
1: you always move the goalposts. Yeah. Like it's, every time you, know, time you achieve something, you move on to the next thing. And hmm. so like that, a really good example about, you know, you and I have talked about how at times, okay. You mentioned earlier laptop empires blew up. Everything was going really well, but that millennial money man, you know, like had suffered a little bit because of it. Right. My agency did too. We both kind of sacrificed our own businesses to build laptop empires and then have come back and and started to build those businesses back up. And I bring this up because during that time, we've both gone through periods where we have freaked out about our individual businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, We were like, oh my gosh this is not bringing in enough money or something like that. You know, and we, you worry about it. And then we kind of go in this whole panic mode and work on it for a while and then get yeah. clarity and come back to it, you know? And one of the reasons that happens is because of that goalpost thing, right? Like the first time you get $5,000 per month, you know, with clients, you know, the first time I did that, it was like, man, this is incredible. I just made, I'm making $5,000 a month online. This is insane. And then you hit 10, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, wow, okay. Okay. I'm making more than I did as an attorney. Like, this is great. You know, I'm making more than my wife who's got an incredible job. Like, this is really good for us. Like, I'm cool. And then the next thing, you know, for me, I went from like 10 to 20 in a three month period. Right. <laughs> so all of a sudden, like I hit 20K and it was like, holy crap, this is this is amazing, you know? Yeah. And then what happened from then on is like, once you hit, at least for me, once I hit a milestone, anytime I would go below it, I would be Freak like, out. Holy yeah. crap, I'm broke. You know, yeah. like, you like I'm not really, but like I had moved that milestone, you know, I'd moved that goalpost. And so for me, even though, you know, and honestly I had to like have a little come into Jesus party with myself about this in the last month or two, because it was like any time I went below that threshold that I'd passed, mm-hmm. like I started freaking out. It was the end of the world. But the right. reality was like, okay, you know, I don't need, I don't need that much. Right. Right. That's, that's fine. You know, like I need, you know, and so I had to, even the last month sit down and go, okay, here's where my numbers are at. Here's where I need to be to be comfortable. Right. And not for me, it's like a stress-free thing. Like how can you be stress-free, you know? And so, and, and so I think that's, that's one of those things like you have to, you have to be careful not to move the goalposts because you can chase it forever. Yeah. Especially if you go to something like you did, you go to a mastermind with a bunch of people that are super successful and go, Oh, okay. I got to beat that guy. I got to catch that guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely, I was definitely the poor guy at the mastermind, <laughs> 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 which is, which is crazy. I I, I think about this stuff and i like, it wasn't that long ago that I was a teacher, you know? So I still feel like I have a decent perspective on like how ridiculous all this online business stuff is because right. four years ago I would have been like, if somebody was like, Hey, when you get to six figures a year, you know, it's not, not as, you know, fulfilling as you think it's going to be. I would have been like, well, you know, let me find out first. Like, you know, I don't believe (laughs) right? (laughs) like, like speak for yourself. Like, and and so that's always, it's always hard for me to like, I I always feel bad talking to people about stuff or like coaching people through that when they're, they really want to hit like some kind of number mark, because it just doesn't, doesn't have that like oomph that you, you feel like it's going to have. But, you know, so I think the thing for me that I've kind of realized lately is like, and the the book actually talks about this is like being comfortable with kind of where you are right now and, and creating kind of that vision for what you want your life to be and building, I don't maybe building's not the right word, uh, gaining the ability to be happy for other people's success without being jealous. I think that's something that a lot of people could really like work on because it's hard when you see, especially in this online space, you can see, you know, everybody's got their income reports or, you know, you just hear through the grapevine, like how people are doing, like it's super easy to be like, oh man, like I wish I could get to X level, or like I want to chase that or whatever. And I think if you if you chase that, the problem is that you don't see all of the things that are going on behind the scenes. Like, you know, if somebody, let's say somebody's doing two X the revenue that you're doing every month. Like they could be eight times as stressed out and like hate their lives, you know, and you don't see that you're just chasing the number. And so I think a lot of us as online business owners get get caught up into that game of like chasing somebody else's number or chasing like what you think other people are doing versus just being really happy with what you have and being happy for them, but still working to create what you want. And so like, that's where I've been for a while where I'm, I'm in this place now where things are good. Like my wife and I, we, we like our house. Like we, everything's in a really good, comfortable spot. We don't really need a whole lot more right now. So I feel like getting to that place where I'm, I'm like, finally like, okay, I don't need to chase a whole bunch of stuff is actually giving me a lot of clarity on how I need to grow the businesses and you know, what to do, what to work on next so I can actually scale. So it's weird. It's like being content with what you've got now is like allowing me to scale the businesses faster than it would be if I was just like jealous of everybody else's stuff and like wanting to, so and I don't know, it's weird. Like clarity and Zen in thing. Well, it gives like you,
1: it gives you focus and it helps you make good decisions. Mm. I think one of the the worst things is that when you are just mindlessly pursuing this number and and you're really going after that, you make poor decisions because mm. you look for quick fixes. You try to get there the fastest way possible, right? You know, you and I are talking about this morning, like we've made a lot of, we have slowed down a lot in the last six months. Yeah. That way we can move forward. Mm-hmm. We looked at it and it was like, there were things we could do that were money grabs and that would have worked and we would have had a big year and then we would have suffered next year. Right. right. Yeah. Instead, we were like, we're going to do this foundational stuff that isn't going to pay off this year. And we're going to go into, we have not had a sophomore slump at all, but you know, no. it was like one of those things like we're willing to take a sophomore slump to get to that, be able to have this foundational stuff in place. It's only going to help us grow you know, down the road. And so if you're going crazy after a number, if we had done that, we wouldn't have been able to have that clarity, you know? And I think you see this a lot when people are chasing six figures per month, because that's like the first milestone, like big milestone for an online business owner after making some money, right? It's like- I want to get to, I said six figures a month. I meant six figures a year. You know, if you're chasing, if you're totally so, different. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I was like, wow, year. that was your first milestone? Six figures a month?
1: Holy crap. Yeah, no. Just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, you know, if you're chasing six figures a year, what happens is, and I've seen it all the time because I'm in a lot of these like group communities, like online business owner communities and and that's what everybody's going for and so what happens is every time they see a webinar or they talk to somebody they get on a call whatever they start doing something new they start going after something else that's going to be the magic thing and they bounce from thing to thing to thing and they get nowhere right right and and that's so so difficult I actually don't mind chasing a number, like having that as like a threshold goal, but you you can't get so wrapped up in that and just that you, you poorly plan or you, you have a bad, you've got to be focused and you've got to do one thing at a time and you've got to see it out before you move on to the next thing. I think that's something people really struggle with, but I love this like concept of just being content with where you are. And that's hard at first. I think, I think that's yeah. why like you go through seasons as a business owner and that hustle season at the beginning of like, you just have to work. I think that's a real thing. And I really believe in that. But after you kind of get to kind of where we are and where a lot of, you know, some of our listeners are where it's like, okay, i have hustled. I've, I'm doing well. Like you're confident that you're going to do well. Now you need to slow down and you got to think about what do I want my life to look like? And you have to evaluate that constantly over right. and over and over. Because if you don't, you will fall into traps. Right. I don't know if we've talked about this on the show, but like, I've gone through this recently where just my wife and I bought our dream property. We're trying to build this house and we're spending a lot of money, (laughs) you know? And so I was like, I could use some cash. And I did the thing that's easy for me to do, which is bring in a bunch of clients. And then what happened is that upset my lifestyle because Mm. I went, you know, I went from like having, it was like, okay, we're building the business around the life. And then I brought in more work. I brought in more hours, Mm. which threw off that balance, which made me not happy. Right. And so, and so you have, yeah, so (laughs) you you have to, you have to constantly be thinking about those things and that's, you know, I feel like all the time one or the other of us is asking the other person, okay, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want? life to look like? What do you want the business to look like? You know, we're constantly asking ourselves that question, asking each other that question, because you, you have to know, you have to know. And then you have to build around that. It's not, it's not what's most effectively going to get me to this number. It's like, what's going to get me to this number and not have me hating myself. Right. Right. And that's, you see so many people that burn out or crash or, or, or more likely just the people that like, they're just depressed right? Like they have all that money and it's like, Oh, okay, dude, you've got a boat. You've got a private jet. You can go travel all over the world and you hate your life. Like what is wrong with you? What's wrong with them is they're working so much.
0: They hate it. Right. Well, and there was an example of that in this, in the company of one book where I think it was the the CEO of Moz. So Moz is like, um, a refs. It's like a, it's a keyword research tool show. I think. Yeah. And so he built like this massive business very quickly. And then like, ultimately became depressed and then kind of had to step away from the business. And, you know, it's just, it's weird because you look at it and like, I've been in that place with the business. Even I remember looking back at like sometimes last year and I was like, not in a great place, like, you know, like emotionally, I guess. But those are weird things. Like when you go through that as a business owner, you don't in the, in the moment you don't realize it. But then that like looking back, you're like, man, I was like in a fog back then. That was kind of weird. Even though the business was crushing, like laptop empires was doing really well quickly last year. I, I did that recently. Yeah. It's weird how that happens Like last month. (laughs) Like you don't realize.
1: Yeah. You just get in these, it's an emotional, it's an emotional thing. Like owning a business like this and working from home and not going to work and interacting with people, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and, and so you just have to, you've got to be very, I think what it comes down to is like, you've got to be very intentional with what Mm -hmm. you do and you have to know what you want and you have to, you have to build around that. Right. And And, and I think this is, Probably not in the book, but like I think one of the biggest things that you will struggle with is you might not know what you want. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's I was listening to a really good podcast by uh, Dean Jackson. I freaking love Dean Jackson, was was listening to uh More Cheese, Less Whiskers. And this was an episode from last week, episode 155, 50 Minute Focus Finder, and really, really good episode. And he talked about like sitting down and figuring out what it is you would want to do with your free time? He's like, you know, cause it was all about time management. He's like, if you had this free time, you could do anything in the world that you want to do. Like, how would you want to spend that time? Like, what would you enjoy doing? And as I was listening to that, I was like, Oh man, I don't know. Right. Like, I don't know what I would do. If I had, he was like, if you had a two hour block or a four hour block or a full day to do whatever you wanted, what would you want to do? And I couldn't answer that. Oh wow. You know, like I don't, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't like sitting down to think about it because mm-hmm. I was doing other things, but I was just like, huh, I don't know what I would do. You know. And so you need to think about what do you want your day to look like? How do you wanna spend your time? What are things that are gonna make you happy that you wanna do? And, and try and figure that out. And sometimes that's going to be, you might not know because you haven't sat down to think about it because you've been busy working overtime or you've been, you know, building your business or you've been doing all these different things and not doing things for yourself. But you got to figure that out first and then build that schedule around it.
0: Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think like that covers the first part of of the book like, you know, there's some other stuff in there too about like building a purpose-driven business. I think we've talked about that on the podcast before probably. Like building a business not just for the revenue and the sake of numbers and getting rich, right. like building something that that is purposeful and and really helps people and really like, you know, is purposeful for yourself too, you're building the business around your life not getting trapped by the business, all of that. But then there's like the more nuts and bolts side of things. And what what we see a lot in the personal finance space is like all these startups, these fintech startups, and they get venture capitalist funding. And it's like, you know, they're trying to be like the next nerd wallet or, you know, whatever kind of app. Like there's been, like since I started doing Millennial Money Man like four years ago, I guess it's four, maybe it might be coming up on five. Anyway, since I've started that, I've seen so many startups that are like based around different apps or you know money things that have like blown up and died (laughs) like they just blow up and die and blow up and die and there's always new ones I remember there's one that came out um, I think it was like two or three years ago and they were paying everybody like stupid amounts of money to do sponsored posts it was like they wanted to like get everybody to do this big push of sponsored posts right before FinCon and so they were just paying out like there was not even negotiation I remember I threw out some number that was like way higher than what I would, I guess, normally charge at the time. And they were like, okay, sure. It was like, they had like a blank check of VC fund uh, funding that they were just giving out to everybody. And lo and behold, they're not in the space anymore. Like they're gone. And that happens a lot, you know? And and I think what I've kind of seen, and it kind of goes back to me, like wanting to build millennial money, man, and and scale it the right way and all that. I think staying lean and growing slow is going to be the best path for me because you know you never know with like market volatility and like if we go into a big bear market or the econ- you know like the economy tanks you just never know and and if you're sitting there and you've built your business to where you've hired like tons and tons of full time people like you're just like blindly throwing as much money back into the business as you can. Then all of a sudden you're in a spot where let's say you've built a lot of your revenue on like, I don't know, uh, let's say you've built the majority of your revenue, like 90 or 80% on uh, Facebook ads. We love Facebook ads. Like obviously we sell a lot of Facebook ad courses and we love it as a, a beginner strategy and also like a way to scale, but you can never let it get so far to one side of the spectrum of like here's all of your cash flow is coming from like right. these you know this one paid traffic source or whatever but yeah. let's say all of a sudden the cost per click which we've seen over the past year and a half like the cost per click goes up and then all of a sudden you're running these tons of ad campaigns and now all of a sudden your profit margins is like tank because you can't spend you have to spend twice as much money to make a dollar, you know, right. you did before. And then all of a sudden you've got, so your revenue drops in half and then you've got all these people on payroll. You've got all of these big expenses and you're, you're stuck. And we've even seen, you know, I'm not going to name the name, but there's been a, a big personal finance blog that nobody really knows what happened, but they had to cut half of their newsroom. They had a huge newsroom of people and they just had to fire all of them because they're like, sorry, we got to restructure the business. And who knows what happened, but you know, there's, there's things like that that happen if you try to grow and scale too quickly. So the two things that I've gotten out of the book is slow growth. You don't have to hit home runs every single day, uh, every week, every year, like just slowly incrementally build the business to where it's sustainable. And you can, you can survive those ups and downs that happen in business. And then the other thing is, is staying lean with your team, like not hiring people for the sake of hiring people or, or bringing on too many people. Like, get the most out of what you currently have. And that's one of the advantages I think we have with laptop empires and that I've got with millennium money, man. Like I've got great people, you know, like I've got a great team with millennium money, man. We have a great team with laptop empires. There's actually some crossover where, you know, several people work for both companies and like I can do a lot with what I currently have without having to bring on a ton more people uh, or bring on a bunch of full-time salaried people and all that kind of stuff. And I I think I can really like create better systems, which I'm working on right now, and create better processes and systems and, and do that, like go that route to scale the business rather than just getting more people. And I think that's something a lot of business owners struggle with.
1: And we've got a lot of, this is another thing. We have hired a lot of utility players Mm -hmm. and a few specialists. Yeah. And so if there is something that's very specialized, we need a lot of depth, we do that. But for the most part, like the team that does the most work with us, they're doing a variety of different things, right? right? And they have that ability. So, So I think that can be really important too. You know, you know this, I'm have always been like, I like to keep overhead as little as possible. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always, anytime we talk about anything, even at times where if it's like my idea to like invest in something, I will then like be like, eh, maybe not like, and and tend to like, Bobby has to kind of like nudge me into it because I want to keep overhead as little as possible. And I think a big thing that like helps me with that, like is I don't want to fire somebody. Right. I will. (laughs) I mean, I will. Let's be real. (laughs) I don't have a problem with firing. Like I'm not scared of it or anything. And if somebody's not pulling weight, like I'm all about that life. But I, as like a person, I don't want to hire somebody that's good at what they do because I can't afford them anymore. Like right. that I don't want. I, I feel – I know thinking about it, it makes me feel awful. So as like, like having to actually do it, I don't want to do that. So like just thinking about that makes me feel awful. So it's one of those things like if we're going to bring somebody on, I'm like, man, okay, let's make sure if we bring somebody on, we're going to be able to keep them on because I don't want to have – to do that, right? Like I feel really awful about that. So, you know, I think that's one thing when you're talking about thinking about things are good right now, right? Like the economy is in a good place. People are buying things like they're buying things online and those sorts of things. And like, I feel really confident, you know, that we've been around enough and that have done enough in this business. Like it's, I've always told my wife, like if everything went away today, you know, and I had 30 days to build back to build a client base or to do coaching consulting, whatever. I was like, I'm very confident that within 30 to 45 days, I could get my income back up to about 10 K a month doing something different than what I'm doing because I could go this higher ticket consulting thing. And, you know, and so that has always made me, you know, feel better, but we're in a good place. People are buying digital products. They're buying things right mm-hmm. and if it, if we were to go into a recession, if things weren 't good, there would be less of that. People would still be buying, but there would be less people buying you know, right. and so you don 't want to get yourself into a situation where you 're building everything for the good times, like right. you know you kind of want to be able to build to weather the bad times like in my at least that 's my belief yeah mm-hmm. and 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 i think i don 't think people really think about that like people don 't go okay eventually we're going to hit a point in a year and five years and 10 years where things aren't going to be so good. Right. Right. So, so I think that that's something you really, really got to keep in mind. So, you know, talking about this and like not getting too big, you know, to to be able to weather like downtimes and things like that. Mason's joined us, by the way. Um, <laughs> you know, I do think hiring is important though. And I would yeah. say, yeah. Though so you don't want to get too big and to carry around too much, you know, when it comes to contractors expenses, like this isn't just people, this is like expenses too. Like you don't want to overdo it. I think there's a fine balance between doing things yourself to make, to save money and yeah. investing. You've got to like really think like what are, if there's like a big pivot point that can free up a lot of time in your life and give you better life balance by hiring somebody to do something or if hiring somebody is going to like greatly, they're going to bring so much value that's going to like increase what you're earning, like you need to make those investments. And I think yeah. one of the biggest first investments you can make as an online business owner is you need an assistant or a VA or of some sort that right. you delegate tasks to, even if it's just helping you manage your calendar and your emails and just doing like tech tasks and things like that. I feel like everybody should get that as soon as they can yeah. because- it frees up so much time. You become so much more productive. You get things done so much faster. So that's just something I want to say on that. It's like as much as there's this stay lean, you should grow a little bit, right? Right. Like, and you just got to find, you got to find that point where you're comfortable with too. You know, I think there's like different people are going to be different ways. You know, I feel like a strength for me is having people and delegating tasks and and doing that kind of stuff. So, you know, my sweet spot might actually be more employees, contractors than somebody else, right? Where there might be somebody else that they do everything solo. I don't necessarily have that skill set. Somebody that's a little more tech savvy than me might get further solo than I will. So it's really, all of this is about personal preference, right? And I think that's really, really important to know. So there's one more section in the book. So why don't you, why don't you fill us in on on this because I think it's important.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's not even necessarily a section. It's like a. It's like an overwhelming theme that I just totally <laughs> forgot to talk about in the beginning. But it's the idea of making your business better instead of bigger. And and I think that that I think that's a really powerful thing because I think we just as business owners we always think like bigger, more revenue, more this, more whatever scale. You know, everybody's like scale, scale, scale. And you know, I think if you think, yeah, yeah, like, but I think if you if you focus on scaling the usefulness of your company, like how much can you actually help people. You know, what kind of problems can you solve? That kind of thing. You're eventually going to build a company, but you're going to do it with a really solid foundation because you're going to have customers that are more engaged. You're going to have people that are that are repeat customers. There's a big section in the book about, about focusing on your current customers and making that experience better rather than just, always trying to find new customers and and like scaling the purposefulness of your business and and how well you help people is a, is a good way to do it. And even there's like an example, you know, this is an example of a business owner that that had that ideology, but the guy that started um, MailChimp, um, the email software, uh, Ben Chestnut. So he says, ever since starting MailChimp 18 years ago, I've always been told that my way was wrong. My way has never been to be too big. My way was always to be useful. And now he's like, you know, after 18 years of pretty much slow growth, he's like, my company is a global brand. We have millions of customers, 525 million in annual revenue, a thousand employees, you know, united by the single mission to empower companies of one. And so he's just like, you know, obviously that's kind of what you're talking about. It's not that you don't grow your business. You know, he just, he took the path of slow growth over the course of 18 years, which is a long freaking time. And now he's doing $525 million, but it wasn't like, Hey, how, how big can we get? How fast can we get big? It was how useful can we be to the end user? So I think that that's a really important lesson. So before you think about like, every time you start thinking about your business and going like, uh, you know, I want to get bigger. I want to have more revenue. You should probably think about how can I get better? Like, what can we improve? How can we, how can we make the customer journey better? How can we make the customer experience better before you think about bigger? So that's pretty much it, man. Make your life better. Yeah. That's another thing. Like what can you do to increase your life? Too. When people
1: talk about scale, they're talking about more money, grow, making the business bigger, mm-hmm. but you can also scale your business by maintaining your current profit mm-hmm. and giving yourself more time, yeah. that, scaling your life, making, making the work more enjoyable. And so I think, I think that that's a really important thing. And, and that's not what we focus on first when we're growing, you know, at first you're just trying to make money, Yeah. once you're making money, that's the next thing. And that's something you and I talk about all the time, you know, I mean, it's like, how can I have more time with this much? And that's, it's a battle too. You have to be intentional about it. You have to create those things. So yeah, I just realized, one of them drew marker all over my microphone. Interesting. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So that's one of those things you've got to just, it's, I love this idea of better, not bigger, because sometimes bigger isn't better. And sometimes better is doing less. Sometimes better is making less money, but having more time. I've seen people that have gotten burned out and blown things up and gone that direction too. I don't know, man, end of the day, build the business you want, build the business that's going to make you happy and don't think that you have to chase everyone else to do what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Only, only you can define your own success. You know, that's kind of, I talked about struggling last month. One of the big things that I realized is I need to sit down and just define what success was for me, right? Yeah. What was I going to be content with? And that's going to be different for me than it is for you. Obviously we are got to be somewhat on the same page, but you know, I think that's really important for everybody is define your own success.
0: Right. Yeah. So yeah. Shout out Robert. Thank you for sending me the book. We're going to have him on the podcast eventually because uh, he's got to hopefully he'll share some of his, his magic with everybody He's crushing it with the, with the very lean team. It's very cool. So anyway, that's all I got. Go get the book company of one Paul Jarvis. It's uh, $26 or higher in Canada because your taxes are higher there. Actually, I don't really know, but probably. So anyway.
1: All right. Thank you for watching the show.
0: Please don't forget to subscribe,
1: leave a comment, shoot us an email, let us know what you want to hear about on the show, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. We out.